this is not just about my child. Right. This is not just about all the other children with disabilities because I, I truly, truly believe that we miss out and, the, you know, every child misses out if we don't start thinking the other way. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass area dial, FM dial at 102.9. Here for a special session in the studio today with Helena Blitka. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Steve. And you lead the Space to Thrive, which is a nonprofit that I wasn't aware of. So we're going to get into a discussion today about that. That's it's a wonderful thing to do. I'd love to do that, and I'm so happy to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Good. So how, how did that org come to be? So that's a very long story, so I'm trying to... Yes, so it. shorten it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm originally, I, I actually studied architecture, and um, so I was in a complete different field, uh, and then I became a mother, right? And uh, my first daughter was born with a severe disability. Uh, okay. And uh, so she was born with spinal muscular atrophy, type yep. 2, which um, bounds her to live in a life in a wheelchair, to say the least. And uh, so there are many challenges which come with that. Yes. And um, so while she was growing up, we were facing those challenges and also seeing what is available and what is not available to children, individuals, and the families living right. with disability. And... Um, and I'm a person, I'm a problem solver <laughs> from nature. And so I was, you know, I took it on and I, I'm, I cannot just like leave it. So when I find a problem and I see something's missing, I'm trying to do something mm -hmm. about it. That's a little bit of your architecture background, I suspect, where you have a problem to resolve and then you pull together the structure which you've created in this case. It does, it does fit, you know, even if in the beginning it doesn't seem like yeah. it fits together, it actually does, you know, like yeah. because architecture is also about community, right? Yes. How you build communities, you know, urban design is really mm -hmm. important, how people will live together and how they will treat each other. If we don't build accessible homes, accessible playgrounds, all of that, the community will not see the need or they will not even see people with disabilities in the community because True. they will not come out. And that's how right. I felt when I remember when I was young and, you know, not that far advanced in my thinking. Right? <laughs> and uh, a young architect in Germany, I I was thinking like, oh, why do we have to plan all of that? Because people were, were, were having that thought like, you know, like you, so much work and the awareness that it's really needed because even if it's just one person, you know, you need to account for that, yes. you know, and it's mostly not just one person. So um, it does all fit together. <laughs> yeah. And especially in a family situation, it may be the one person, but then it's the immediate family and then the fa the extended family. And then depending, clearly the community and there's yes. another line is, you know, it takes a village. And in this it case, it really yeah. truly does take a village to provide all the supports. And it benefits everybody. It benefits the elderly. It benefits mothers with strollers. You know, there are so, so many um, fields where it really then gets into and helps everybody to live a better life. And you've got a couple of programs, at least from what I've, uh, by way of background, I became aware of you through Joanne Bazil from the charter school who said, Steve, you and Helena should meet and talk, et cetera. So apparently one of your donations had been to the charter school for their programs to meet. 
uh, the students that they serve as well. Yes. Um, so this also came from the experience trying to go with my daughter on a playground. Yep. Right. And it didn't quite fit because most playgrounds, people think that today playgrounds have to be built accessible. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is, accessible. Mm -hmm. So ADA basically calls for children to be able to access the play area and watch the other children play. Right. So there, if there is uh, under, I think, 25 pieces of play equipment, then they don't have to have a ramp. And they only have to have three things for children with disabilities oh. to play with. Those three things are mostly tic-tac-toe, which nobody wants to play with. <laughs> um, it's an accessible swing, which is also a more, you know, a play equipment which somebody is alone on it. And it's often being right. used by others and destroyed by others. And then there's other musical instruments which are placed also aside of the main play activity and mostly do not play music. And um, so the children cannot really interact and Indeed. play together. Yeah, right? and as I think of the playgrounds in the in the Franklin area, whether at the school or in the neighborhoods, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, as you're saying, that's a level of detail I had not mm -hmm. been aware of. And yet those things are indeed yes. all along the sides and not necessarily in the center yes. where all the action is. So if you build an ADA, you know, playground, it's still not inclusive. Right. So the communities have to understand we do need to do more about it. Mm -hmm. And I tried to do that, but it was extremely difficult. So I had to, and especially as my foundation is so s small, it's not a big foundation. Right. Um, I came like very quickly to the conclusion I, I, I just cannot, you know, change all the playgrounds mm -hmm. at no. the level where I am right now Correct. alone. Um, so what else can I do, right? And I still think that the clue and the solution is to go through our children to create a better future. You know, yeah. when, we, when they get the chance to connect, they will care more when they are grown-ups for each other too and understand each other. Yeah, build the awareness and the yes. accessibility yes. in through them so that as, yes. as they go through, it becomes much more natural to them as opposed to, if you will, the rest of us who we have to stop and think about how do we do that. Right. So... Then the other point to, you know, we're getting to your question. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so the other point to it was too that at school we had the same problem, yes. right? That, the, uh, you know, the school playground also isn't just, like you said, not really inclusive, right? Mm -hmm. And how do the children play together? And uh, so I thought like, hmm, so maybe I cannot build right now big playgrounds everywhere. And, you know, a playground, an inclusive one, it's like 500,000 plus, yeah, right? Very and they're still not really inclusive. <laughs> and um, so I thought, let's donate, because that's something I can reach. Let's make packages of inclusive play equipment, which okay. is movable. Sure. It's movable inside with bad, bad weather. It's movable outside, right? So you can, and I was um, working together with, with schools um, and looking at what do you need? What do you have? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, researching what equipment is like team building, but is being, uh, you know, can be used by children of different abilities. Right. So we made a package. And um, so far I have donated to two schools. But that is something, a program which I would like to continue. Sure. Because that's, you know, instead of 500,000 plus for mm. a big mm -hmm. playground. Right. Between five hundred and and $1,000, I can make a really nice and sweet package, which will really serve a lot of things. And there's many different pieces, you know. There are yeah. uh, 
you know, equipment, which is fun for all the kids too, you know, yep. so it has different age groups. And so 500 to 1,000, that sounds manageable. Yes. And yeah. now you can get those packages and I think we can serve many schools. So once I can maybe get this running and get more donations, mm-hmm. $500 package, $1,000 package, and we have, you know, nice equipment for a school where right. but the teachers are also supported to, you know, to, uh, to get How to implement children. it and facilitate it. You know, yes. connected. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, because the other piece I'm thinking of, and I think from a capital budget perspective, I believe one of the local playgrounds is going to be uh, upgraded. Um, so even consulting and providing some ideas into the recreation department to say, while you're going to do this, consider this yes. and some of these points. And they may very well be aware of it. Yeah. But to your point, some of the things, even where they're placed, not having them on the outside, but more in the center to yes. facilitate that team building, that coordination, mm-hmm. that collaboration among the youth, that, yeah. that would be helpful. And sometimes it's easier than you think. We sometimes have to think really simple. Um, in 2015, I was awarded the Aaron um, uh, C. Crocker Fellowship at UMass Boston and okay. Institute for Community Inclusion. Congratulations. And I did, thank you. <laughs> and I did a work on inclusive play and community spaces. And, and um, so I was actually going into that and thinking about that, you know, how can it happen and how right. can it be done with less money? Yes. And, um, and sometimes it's just really providing the place, the yes. space. Um, mazes on the ground, something with children, you know, and this doesn't cost much money. No. Where children can really come together. And I think this is something in general we're missing today mm-hmm. is letting children be children and letting them, oh, be, you know, yeah. use their imagination. Yes. You know, giving them yeah. some pieces. Because I remember when I was young and I was born in communistic Poland where we had nothing, mm-hmm. you know, where everything was taken away. Right. Uh, and uh, we had to come up. We were just all down on the ground. We were playing outside mm-hmm. all the time. We were like in winter, we took a bucket of water. We were just like, you know, pour it over the ground. The next morning, we would go ice. and we would slide with ice. <laughs> you know, I broke my collarbone doing that. And, you know, fine, I healed. Uh, but I think it's a really important part sure. of growing up to yeah. use that imagination, this problem-solving skills, right? Absolutely. And, um, and that, you know, will also help not only because it's not really just about children with disabilities and i think this is a big mistake our society is mm-hmm. you know is really uh thinking oh you know like oh there's this mother who's like you know it's just because she has a child you know this is not just about my child right. this is not just about all the other children with disabilities because i i truly truly believe that we miss out and the, you know every child misses out if we don't start thinking the other way mm-hmm. Every child benefits from that. Sure. You know, create like building up learning empathy, you know. Yes. It's going to benefit yourself. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. we all at some point in our life need somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, we all will get old one day. Yes. Right? Yeah. We will need help. Yeah. So I think empathy is something which will benefit everyone mm-hmm. and will make life better, right? If we create urban settings which are accessible, it will help everybody. We have less crime because we support, you know, minorities mm-hmm. in that sector. It will benefit everybody if we can be safe, right, at night. Sure. So it's not that, that uh, you know, taking care of children with disabilities is something, you know, we need to be afraid of or we need to be afraid that somebody else is going to miss out. Mm-hmm. I've heard comments like that. Um, it's really about the community and creating a better future for every single one of us. Right. 
Yeah, we're all part of the community for sure. Yes. And I, I know there's been a lot of media attention from time to time. It may be not at this moment, certainly, but the play today, to your point, is very structured. Uh, after school, they've got this or that, and they're in one sports team or another, but it's very structured. There's very little of that, you know, even back when I was growing up, which was a few years ago as well. <laughs> You know, we'd have a pickup baseball game, so you'd have to choose sides. But choosing sides and then the negotiation and dealing with not getting chosen first, I mean, those are natural things that we need to build. And if we're not creating the, the opportunity for them yes. to have, and if we're structuring the way, that that in itself is creating some problems um, that, unfortunately, I think we're going to face at some point if we haven't already. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. And um, we, too often we blame children for natural behaviors too, mm. you know? Yeah. So if they experience conflict, mm. instead of, you know, letting them first try to deal with the conflict and then step in maybe as a grown-up right. solve it together, yeah. we often send the child to the principal's office, mm -hmm. right? Or we're saying, right. the thing. We're, we're stopping the natural curiosity too and the natural way of learning, right? Um, mm -hmm. If, you know, we went to to a, to a children's amusement park when Vivian was maybe three or four years old, and she she had her power chair since she was two, and um, and she would always like once she would get it, or she would just zoom away because she got this freedom of moving on her own. She had, yes. didn't have to be careful. It was a anymore. safe space, a flat space she could maneuver. But she would just go off, <laughs> right? And then it was hard to follow her, which still is today, because now her, her chair is even faster even than even faster, she was yeah. on three and four. But um, there was a child uh, and, uh, and a mother, and the child asked, um, Mom, you know, like, she asked about my daughter, and they did not know that I am the mother because she was like, uh, sure, like she was so away, many, you know, 300, 400 feet ahead of me, and um, and the mother was like, shh, don't say anything. She's very sick, and she pulled her away. Oh. And I'm sure she wanted to do the right thing, but right. what she instilled in this child, yeah, for the rest of her life is, mm -hmm. what do you, what do you associate when you hear sick? Right. You associate you can get it, right? Right. Yeah. So instead of saying like, hey, go go to her and ask her her mm -hmm. name, right? Don't even like think about the wheelchair. Just ask her, right? Yeah. You want to? Maybe she wants to play with you. Sure. You know, yeah. she is just a normal child, and she herself, of course, she knows she's in a wheelchair, but she does not see herself. She sees herself as a complete normal girl, which she is. Right. Right. And she just wants to have friends like everyone else, and she wants to interact with everybody, mm -hmm. just like, and it has the right to do that. But this mother, you know. I'm sure she meant well, right. but she, you know, instilled in her, don't go, do not approach, because it's not appropriate, and you're going to catch what she mm -hmm. has, right? Yeah. And that's what this child will take away and maybe teach other children to, mm. right, yeah. with yeah. her behavior. And it's yeah. not the, the child's fault, but it's the society we live in that we are not creating those spaces mm -hmm. where people can meet, right? you know, and especially children. Sure. Yeah, you mentioned Vivian, I believe. Um, I saw her in the, the website as well. You've got a video series with uh, sisters reach out. Yeah. Vivian is one of them, and yes. Lara, I think, is the yes. other. Lara is my other daughter, so I have two daughters. It's Vivian. Um, she's going to turn 13 this year. Oh, <laughs> yes. The Puberty is coming. The tweens, <laughs> yes. yes. The and, and Lara is going to turn 11 next month. Oh, my. Month. Isn't it amazing how they just kind of like 
grow up. <laughs> they do, and, and just as you say, you know, like the little children are gone. That's for no. sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so sisters reach out came to be when when the pandemic started. Okay. And so in the beginning, school was off, right? So Correct. there was really nothing basically. You know, there was some online school. Um, I think Lara had like thirty minutes, like on-screen Zoom call with her teacher. Sure. So we had to do something with with the time, and mm-hmm. we had to do something, you know, meaningful, you yep. know, and. Um, and so we we started Sisters Reach Out, where we um, wanted to provide content also for other children, maybe, you know, maybe to interact or to watch, you know. And uh, so we did um, make um, several videos. It started with videos which, um, you know, are cooking videos. There is like a talent corner. Um, there are funniest home videos where we pulled like videos mm-hmm. from when they were really little and doing all those silly things, you know. Okay. And, um, yep. So there's all kind of things like that. And then um, little into it, we started doing like shows. Um, so the shows are about like, you know, they chose a country where they want to travel to. And um, and they dressed up, you know, they used some props and, um, and they did uh, some... Um, exercising videos so kids could exercise on screen with them good and some crafts um they propose you know so we're doing a craft and it was also uh streamed um at secret studios at boston children's hospital for the children who were stuck at boston children's hospital and could not be visited and could not get out right so it was streamed there too and so we still hope to make more of more, the shows. Sure. Uh, but once, you know, the school picked up again, it was a now you, bit Now you got to find time when you're going to do this. Exactly. <laughs> because it does take some time. You know, it does editing, take time. Uh, and the video. Yes. So I, um, uh, Vivian's pretty good in video editing, but, you know, this this is a lot. So I supported them. And, yeah. um, and uh, I actually, like opened up Adobe Premiere, like, which is like for the first time. This, uh, <laughs> what is this other new world? <laughs> this was like, you know, because I used to do like a wee video and those little, uh-huh. you know, um, video soft, you know, softwares you have. Software, which are very sure. Simple, yeah. It's on the phone. You know? yeah. And then when you got into, into Premiere, you, you feel like in a cockpit of an airplane. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. um, I had to like kind of wiggle my way through that, but it was yep. fun. And, um, and we had a lot of um, fun doing the shows and and yeah, just watch it. It's it's um, it also shows you know, I think to to others you know what's possible. Yes, and that there's really that yeah. there really is not a difference whether you have or have not a disability. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying like because of course obviously there is a difference, right? And my life is not there, just like oh, it's great, it is yeah. challenging, right? Yeah. But you can make choices. You still yeah. have choices, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, you can try to make the best out of it, mm-hmm. and you can try to be happy, and right. you can try to, you know, be part of this world. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to be aware and certainly respect the difference because there is a yes. difference. But yes. viva la difference! I mean, that you you bring that difference to the table in a way that makes all of us yes. should make us all of us better. Yes. So and and you know what? It's um, it what you're just saying is, it is a fine line, right? But it will help everybody, too, because how many people are out there who have an invisible disability? Yes. You know, there's so much depression. There are so many different abilities, disabilities. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that there are so many words you today. You have to be careful what you can use or not. You know, but this is the world we we live in. And but it it says something about. Correct. So if you learn to to respect the visible disabilities, you kind of fine-tune yourself, too. Mm-hmm. You just treat everybody with respect. Absolutely. You know, yeah. because 
somebody might come your way and you mm -hmm. think like, oh, this person was rude, right? And uh, you don't know. No. You don't know this person. You don't know right. what maybe they came out from in the morning. You know, maybe somebody is yeah. really sick in their family. You don't yeah. know. There's there's th hundreds of thousands of stories potential as to what brought that person to that instance. Yes. And yes. how do you know? And clearly, it's it's not it's not visible. <laughs> their mind, and they may be perfectly healthy, but something yeah. else is going on in their life, exactly. and that's not a good moment. So exactly. So maybe. If we would be more conscious to that mm -hmm. and more forgiving yeah. and kind. Yeah. Yeah. Create the open space. Yes. Be yes. safe. Yes. Be open. Yes. You know, be respectful. Yes. Yeah. We went to a, um, I have a, an example for that. We went to a postal office um, the other day. We had to like renew our passports and, um, and, um, we came from different sides. My husband came from work. I came from this spot, and we all met at the, met postal, at the postal office. office and, sure. and and our sitter brought one of the kids, and so we, we met there. And my husband's like, "Oh, just be careful. the The officer is, you know." So he said, like, he wasn't so too friendly. And oh. I'm like, oh, let's see about that. <laughs> so, you know, I came in and I just, like, put my biggest smile on my face because I'm like, okay, it's at the end of the day. You know, he probably, you know, it's a bigger task, and. Um, so he's probably, you know, sure. had a long day. You, don't, you have no of customers. Customers no. are Cus different. You customer know. service is a challenge. Yeah, so I put my <laughs> biggest smile on my face, and I was just like, uh, you know, trying to do a lot of small talk, you know, and, uh -huh. and asked him things like, oh, you know, like, you must be tired, you know, like, it's been a long day. And I tried to, like, see if I can, you know, mm -hmm. acknowledge him as sure. a person. And he, you know, he. I, I saw he's sometimes looking back at me like, oh, you know, <laughs> a little bit confused, but... He was so nice. <laughs> and I think sometimes people need that, that they yeah. acknowledge that they are being yeah. seen. You know, I thanked him for his work and just really saying one time too much thank you. Mm -hmm. One or too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, thank you. It's not hurting. It doesn't no. hurt anybody. No. You know, acknowledging no. somebody else might make the big change. Mm -hmm. And you might see all of a sudden a complete different mm -hmm. person in front of you. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. just acknowledge them. Yeah, especially coming out of the pandemic and all that has given us from the lockdown and then the gradual opening and mm -hmm. then just the uncertainty as yes. to what is next. Well, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. What do we do now? Um, the, there is a lot still going on. And yeah, if we can yes. just take some time, take a breath. <laughs> And acknowledge our people. Um, the other day, I went to uh, to the pediatrician's office. Uh, I needed, um, I had some business there for my kids, and I went there, and there was a long line. And then I saw that in front of me, in the line, like at the window, there was a person with with a with a older boy with. Mm -hmm. I, first, I did not know he had a disability, but then I saw a tablet in front of him. So, okay. so I made the connection. Oh, he he probably uses that right. to to talk. And then people were coming in and the line was getting bigger and he started to turn and he looked at everybody and he pressed a button and said, hello. Nobody, nobody. Nobody responded. Nobody responded. But he, I think people were not understanding. And he said, hello. I think I needed two or three times to understand he's actually trying to communicate, right? Because yes. first, hello, you yeah. might not make the connection, right? right? He pressed it. But then he looked again at the next person. Every time a person came in, he pressed the button. So the third time he did that, I said, Hello. And he looked at me and he started clapping his arms and he started like cheering. And then he pressed another button. How are you? Now and you've said, started the I conversation. Started, exactly. I'm, like, I'm great. How are you? And he was clapping again and jumping. And I'm like, he was 
so happy that finally somebody answered. And I am fine-tuned because I have a child with a disability. That's why I think yeah. I have noticed right. that sure. and, and him. But I think if we all slow down yep. and we listen to those stories, he was so happy. Mm-hmm. right? And those are the things. Those people are all people. Yes. And in their, in their disabilities where you think, you know, like especially something like cerebral palsy, those people often in their heads are complete normal, have super high IQs. Absolutely. They're just stuck yes. in that body yes. who doesn't do what they want to do. Right. 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 So that's what we need to acknowledge. And just as we need connections, right? It's like if we don't have connections, we cannot survive. People, no. Human being is a being which needs to connect and which needs to socialize. And people with disabilities need mm-hmm. that too, right? Yeah. Um, I went. We went to one of the bigger amusement parks in Florida, and and there was um, a woman came off a ride, uh, a blind woman with her mm. aide, yep. and we started the conversation. And um, and at some point, the aide said, "Thank you so much that you are talking to sure. you know the woman with, yeah. who was blind." Yeah. And I. I, I did not even, oh, okay. I said, yeah, that's not normal. Usually people just talk to me. And not to her. And not to her because right. she's blind. And yeah. I do have to admit, I, you know, like, because you don't get the, the eye contact. You don't get the feedback back. immediately, right. You don't right. get that. So it is a little bit awkward because sure. you, as a human being, it's just a natural thing to get. Absolutely. But I'm just, I kept on looking at her in her eyes. And I was like, no, I'm looking at her. I, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. And, and she felt it that I was talking to yeah. her, yeah. not just to her aide. Correct. And those are those little things we can do every single day. They don't cost us anything. Mm-hmm. They don't oh, even yeah. cost us much time. No, no. You no. know, yeah. and we can make a big difference. And we feel better, <clears throat> right? I felt good. When she mm-hmm. said that, I felt like, oh. Well, you I'm got happy. some recognition as well. And you exactly. got the thanks as well. And because yeah. you just made that step out to... Yeah. Do the reach. I, was, I mean, I was yeah. happy that I made someone happy. Yes. Right. Yes. And now accumulate that. Yes. Yeah. Right? It's much easier going through life, you know, being happy, being yes. positive, being hopeful, um, than trying to go the other way. I mean, we've seen enough of that, and I don't want to create the bad headlines. Yes. There's enough bad headlines yes. out there. Yes. Yeah, just let's take the positive approach and exactly. go forward. Because yeah. as much as you can create hatred, you know, you can create love. Yes. You know, yeah. it, it goes both ways. Absolutely. So instead of instilling in children the wrong attitudes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and judgment, you yes. know, you can instill love right. and empathy. Yeah. yeah. And that will, it, it cannot make anything you know, this yeah. can only end well. Yeah, that's the one fear I have coming out of the pandemic is that some people, unfortunately, I think have been so, you know, conditioned, if you will, by the pandemic. Yes. They're just retreating further into themselves, being more, you know, secluded and fearful to a certain extent. They're not willing to take that step yes. to reach out, treat somebody with respect and get the smile back, yes. which could then, you know, continue to take that positive road. So, yeah, kudos for you for making the reach out. Those are great stories. Thank you. Yes. So one of the other pieces, at least in your work, you've got, a, Chloe, as you mentioned, with the, whether it's a 500000 or 1000 it takes money to build these uh, uh, play tools uh, to, to deal um, in, and create the accessibility. 
Um, you've got a fundraising event coming. I do. It's on May 28th. It adds, it's at uh, Axbridge, um, in, in Axbridge at West Hill Dam. And it's a beautiful. I don't, if you've never been there, you need to go there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's maintained by the U.S. Uh, Army Corps. Okay. It's really nice maintained. It has facilities. It has water. It has doggy bags if you want to walk your dog there. It has wooden trails, grasslands, um, a lake and a beach. Um, so you can you can do wildlife watching there. It's it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. And um, so we're going to do a 5K there. Okay. Um, and uh, the, um, uh, pro- from the proceeds, uh, so part of the proceeds, we will, we are planning on buying a water ski, adaptive water ski set. Oh. Um, so that's another part of my kind of, you know, development and my evolution as Mm -hmm. as a foundation um, is to see, like, what can I do? What's possible for me? Sure. And how can I do it? And how can I achieve the the biggest, you know, like, uh, result Mm -hmm. with the... I would say like the least amount yeah. of effort, which is still a lot of effort. But <laughs> the biggest bang for your buck. Exactly. What, a- what else hasn't been done yet? Exactly. Yeah, accessible right? water slide, et cetera. Well, I have not seen something that like that. Is, <laughs> so, so, so I went, right? And we went, water, we, we did an event last, uh, last year, um, Adaptive Water Skiing at the Webster uh, Water Ski Collective. And okay. my daughter was just thrilled. And everybody who was there, like all the people with disabilities who were, you, you know, at the event, mm-hmm. like you should, you should have been there and see their faces and see, because it's like flying. <laughs> so if you don't have the freedom to sure. move, yeah, you know, the way you would like to, yeah, you cannot just speed, you cannot just run, and you're being put on that water ski, mm-hmm. and you fly through the air, you know, like my as mother, I was, of course, <laughs> like, I was, what's going to happen? Torn. I wasn't sure, like. Am I supposed to be happy or am I supposed to be scared now? Because they were fast, right? They went across the entire leg. Um, But um, it's just like seeing her face. And then the second round uh, she did, they uh, they allowed me on the boat. So I was like on the boat and watching her from the boat. Uh Like with the entire time, just she wasn't scared at all. And uh, it was just so exhilarating. Yeah. And I thought, like, that's some... And that's also a small marina, which they actually invited an organization from Connecticut uh, to come. Okay. But they want to build up their own adaptive water ski sure, sure. Um, school in Massachusetts. Right. Wouldn't that be wonderful to have that? Absolutely. So I thought, like, hmm, that's a part I can do with my foundation, mm-hmm. too. I can see where the need is so we don't have to recreate the wall and just like you know in the beginning before we started this conversation you were talking about the network of uh, non-profits, of non-profits. Yes. and that's I think that's that's wonderful because there is there is so much still which needs to be done yes and the small non-profits are important because the so, big ones take care of the big picture correct. but we still need the you know those little grassroots mm-hmm. organizations right. who take care of the yeah. people on the ground, you know? And so I thought, like, hmm, that's something, you know, they already start something, right? Correct. I can support that, you know? So that's something, again, I can do. Mm-hmm. Right? I sure. cannot give you $500,000, but I might be able to fundraise 5000 to buy another, you know, set of adaptive water ski equipment. Absolutely. To support them in building up their organization here so they don't have to spend money on, mm-hmm. or, you know, on getting another organization. And this organi- one organization in Connecticut cannot serve everybody, too. Right. right? So yeah. the more yeah. places like that we create, the, you know, the closer we get to the mm-hmm. world we, we want to have. Right? Sure. 
Absolutely. And so that's um, the event on May 28th. Yep. And um, I think this event is beautiful for everybody. So we will have a 5K there. It will go over trails, you know, mm-hmm. go through all those you right. know, wooden uh, trails. Walkers as well as runners, I'm assuming, are welcome. Walkers and runners. And then we will have a fun run or fun race Okay. for, for the younger people ones. with... Disabilities. disabilities as well as the younger age. Yes, yes, because that will be hard for them to go over the, the trails, but yes. there is a paved area okay. where we have, it will be like a little loop and we mm-hmm. will have some stages where they will get some water guns uh, okay. and they can shoot on a target. Maybe I can get a person uh. to be the target. So that's my, <laughs> if it's nice and warm, so hopefully the weather will be good uh-huh. because that would be even more fun, I think. You oh, know, sure. so they could just shoot a person instead uh-huh. of like a ball or something, you know, with water. Um, there will be some hopefully bubble thing if we get the power up there. Um, uh, the bubble wall they can maybe go through and um, and the ball toss and mm-hmm. um, right and, some you know, simple so, games some some things which in that fun race they will have to stop at the stages and then perform those oh, more like an, a similar to an obstacle course or exactly. an exercise there will course be some obstacle you know yes. and uh, yes. but you know we try to make it adaptive yes. so so you know it will be able to be you know, yeah. performed by multiple you know people from different abilities uh, yes and so that will be like the fundraise and and then the 5k and we will have um, a raffle and um, a bake sale and lemonade mm-hmm. stand there will be some games for people who wait around but mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about this uh, area is that whoever comes even to watch or the families who come to watch mm-hmm. Um, they can, if they want, they bring their lunch. It's like right at the, the beach there. Area, they can, right. There's a lot of picnic tables, or you just bring your blanket and sit mm-hmm. down on the beach. It's yes. really beautiful. It's so picturesque. It's right. just like I, I can't even, every time I go, it's it's never it's never get, gets old. Right. So everybody right. gets something out of it. You know? right. So you're not just waiting on an intersection for no. everybody to come no. back. You actually can relax and can take in and can, can mm-hmm. have some time for yourself. Yeah, too. being out in nature certainly is... Yes. Uh, a special reinforcement. I mean, we are part of nature to a certain extent yes. anyway. We have to acknowledge that as well. And that is an entire other yes. story in terms of the climate piece. But right. We have yeah. to reconnect. Yes. Nature. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So hopefully there'll be good weather that day. Yes. So the people will be able to enjoy the sunshine outside yes. as opposed to <laughs> hopefully no snow at that point. You never can tell. <laughs> you never can tell. But I hope that May 28th there will be no snow and no rain. You know, no rain. A little drizzle is probably fine. Yes. But, yes. um, yeah, for sure. And for the listeners, we'll include in the show notes uh, the link to the site, uh, Space to Thrive, a link to the registration for the 5K race, etc. And, of course, the link to the video series so you can watch Vivian and Lara to uh, see the sisters reach out, etc. Well, thank you for spending some time today to share. You've got some great stories. Um, I think we can clearly potentially even come back to do a continuation if you're willing and we can you know find out how the fun day went and what is next for space to thrive oh absolutely um i'd love to come back and yeah we can come back and and uh, talk a little bit about how everything went and uh, and i would love and thank you so much to for having me here you are most welcome and for the listeners we do this because franklin matters We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. 
Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.